Welcome to Godsplaining, contemplative preachers, contemporary age. Each week, join the Dominican friars as they consider all things Catholic. Welcome to Godsplaining. This is Father Jacob Bertrand Jancic. Uh, today, I'm here with our very own Father Patrick Briscoe. Father Patrick, how are you? Well, I'd just like to thank you for inviting me on the show today. Uh, that was a really thoughtful offer. I mean, you do have your choice, right? You know, you could have invited, you know, Father Bonaventure, or Father Gregory, or Father Joseph Anthony, I guess. But, uh, you know, it's just a pleasure to be here <laughs> with you today. Well, it's great. It's so great that you were able to join us here on, on our on our little podcast. So, uh, yeah, how are things? You You were just in New York, weren't you? Yeah, I had a great retreat this past weekend with a bunch of students from NYU, from Worcester Polytechnic, and from Quinnipiac. It was sort of a regional New England retreat for college students. I uh, just did it. <laughs> Again, I keep referring to this Long Island-based retreat as New England, which is really embarrassing because we're definitely at Immaculate Conception Seminary on Long Island in Huntington, New York, which is, as Father Jacob Bertrand would swiftly correct me, not New England. That's true. It's not. But <laughs> that's all right. Closer to New England than D.C. or from Indiana or wherever you're from. So New England enough. So that's cool. Yeah. Well, good. Um, so this episode, we're not talking about New England or retreats that Father Patrick has recently preached. Uh, but we're going <laughs> to do try something new, I guess. Uh, at least new for for Father Patrick and myself. I don't think I know we haven't done an episode on a movie, a film episode uh, together. Uh, I know we haven't done that, and I'm quite sure we haven't done one either on our own. That's kind of been Father Gregory and Father Bonaventure's wheelhouse. But we're going to take over, yeah, and we're going to do an episode uh, on a movie that we both watched on um, public, well, not public, it's not really public transportation, right? Public transportation is like a city bus or like a metro, but on transportation, I was on an airplane, Father Patrick was on a train, which made it a little, um, not awkward, but it's, it's kind of an emotional roller coaster of a movie. So it's, it's hard to watch those. It's like watching a comedy on like a plane or something. You can't really <laughs> laugh out loud, you know, type thing. Yeah. So Anyways, uh, we thought we'd talk about uh, a relatively new movie, a movie that came out in 2018 called Beautiful Boy, which stars Steve Carell uh, from The Office uh, and Timothy Chalamet. Uh, so it came out in 2018. So I'll, I guess, set the scene a little bit. Uh, it was uh, directed by Felix von Groningen. His first, I don't know much about him. So like me saying this doesn't make me like a Felix von Groningen guru, but his first uh, English film. Um, titled after John Lennon's song, Beautiful Boy, which we'll talk, well, we'll talk about music in a little bit in the movie. Um, mm -hmm. But the, the title comes from this, is from this song, Beautiful Boy, uh, that John Lennon wrote and sang. Um, and Steve Carell sings, his character sings this uh, kind of as a lullaby in, in the movie. But the film, it's interesting because it's based um, on two real people um, played by Steve Carell and Timothy Chalamet. It's based on the memoirs of a father and a son, father being David Sheff is the character's name, but also the, the real person's name. And Nick Sheff is the son. Um, and it, it, it documents or recounts um, Nick Sheff's uh, drug addiction that he falls into as like a, an 18 year old, late teen, kind of end of high school. 
and the relationship between uh, David and Nick and Nick's, you know, sort of, uh, yeah, fall into drug addiction and David's trying to help his son. Um, it's based on the true story of, of these two and their memoirs that they wrote. So David's book, the memoir that he wrote about his son and their relationship is entitled Beautiful Boy and then subtitled A Father's Journey Through His Son's Addiction. And Nick's um, I guess autobiography memoir is is entitled Tweaked Growing Up on Methamphetamines. So mm. kind of sets the scene a little bit. What do you think? Am I am I is that enough? Do you have more to say on that? Yeah, Father that's Patrick? all that that's all the important stuff. I mean, I, I have to confess I was a little bit hesitant to watch the film because I'm such a fan of the office. Mm. And it was tough for me to consider Michael Scott, you know, playing a serious role. Right, because Steve Carell is like, so in my mind, that's all I see. I see this man and I see the character of Michael Scott. And so I thought that I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to get over that. Um, but that's not the case. And at, at one point, you made a good point, Father Jacob Bertram, when we were talking about the film. You said that it's kind of like watching um, John Krasinski in A Quiet Place. Yeah. That these, these actors are actually really, really talented. And they, they can portray roles... Um, that are that are much richer than just their comedic roles in in the office. So, don't be afraid. You know, if you had hesitations about watching the film because you didn't know whether or not you'd like Steve Carell in this role, um, be at peace because he, he's yeah. really he's really fantastic. And that goes away. You stop you stop thinking about Michael Scott and Steve Carell kind of instantly because his character is so um, uh, is so profound, and you just get caught up in in the story of this man and his son's life um, so quickly. Yeah, and two, I think, in in thinking about like the John Krasinski, Steve Carell, Jim, Michael Scott kind of thing from The Office, those the characters in The Office too are so um, kind of caricatures of themselves, you know, like in that way, and it's just like in those movies, A Quiet Place, which we're not talking about, but this one with with uh, Steve Carell here, you're yeah, you're spot on that. It, you don't, it's not sort of like oh, this is Michael Scott trying to be a dad, you know, it's a different, a whole different right. vibe, which is which is really cool. Um, so yeah, that's, that sets the scene, I guess that's, and the little sort of encouragement from father Patrick. So <laughs> there you have it. Um, okay. So let's talk before, I, I think we want to spend a lot of our time teasing out some of the themes and, and, and things from the movie, but a couple of like kind of unique features about the film, perhaps, um, that I noticed that father Patrick noticed. Uh, and two, at least that stand out, uh, two of them kind of go together the way that the movie when you look at the way in which Gronigan in the mo- directs the movie and sets the movie and the way by which the movie transpires, uh, there, there's a linearity to the story, right? In the sense that there's a story being told, but the story is, is that a word told. linearity. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. I couldn't let that slide. All right. Anyway, like, so pretty the sure. story is linear. <laughs> linearity linear whatever there's a linearity i'm using i'm sticking to it uh to the story but um groningen does does a sort of masterful job of 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 showing the relationship by through a series of flashbacks so the movie is not like a a a kind of flashback movie it kind of is in some ways but it also isn't so he relies on flashbacks but it's it's not a movie about solely about the past right the the past kind of informs the present in ways that like the past does. So uh, I thought that was really cool. And the way the cinematography and the music is used, um, kind of the the way he uses uh, these beautiful scenes and light and these kind of things, which you usually don't associate with like movies about drugs and addiction and, and kind of like 
life crises, but like just the cinematography, the photography is really beautiful. And then the music is really cool too. I know that you really like the soundtrack through, through the movie too, Father Patrick, right? Yeah, the soundtrack was really amazing. Um, and in fact, uh, the title track, Beautiful Boy, which as you said, um, is the, is the great John Lennon song. And when I, when I heard that, I, uh, went immediately to the, another great American film, um, Mr. Holland's Opus, because that, that song, Beautiful Boy plays such an important role in the, in that film, which, uh, you know, again, is about a kind of conflicted father son relationship, right? Mr. Holland, the music teacher who ends up, um, having a son who's deaf, uh, but but is still is still a a great depiction of a kind of sharing in life, uh, you know, trying to uh, trying to uh, get to what a father and son can share. So that's got that great theme of Mr. Holland's opus, right? Trying to make music come alive for his deaf son uh, and his deaf son trying to understand what his life is as a as a music teacher. Um, that, so so that song is pregnant with meaning for me, you know, was pregnant for meaning for me already because of that film. So to see it used in such a profound way in this film, uh, I really enjoyed, but it was you who told me, and, and I was really surprised to hear this, that, um, uh, that the songs from the soundtrack are actually taken from these memoirs. So yeah. not, not only are they, are they just profound and, and, you know, put together in, in such an amazing way in the film, like it's actually just a great standalone soundtrack, but it's actually drawn from the real lives of these of these two men. Right. Yeah, they they talked about there was this interview that I watched. Um, I guess it was yeah, it was I know it was I don't know why I'm like playing coy. It was an interview on YouTube with Gronigan, <laughs> the director, and then Carell and Chalamet just before the debut. I watched it after seeing the movie a little bit ago, but it it was the original the interview originally aired just before the release of the movie. So in September 2018. Um, and in it, they mentioned that they mentioned using the memoirs um, as really the way by which to understand the characters that they were playing. Um, but also mm -hmm. that like the music, whether the song, it was actual songs mentioned or like, you know, artists or those kind of things. But it adds a, a different dimension or a further dimension to what the film is in that it's it's not just uh, the sort of like plaything of a director or of like a screenwriter, but actually really draws on the real and the real lives of the people that Carell and Chalamet are, are portraying, which I thought was really just a really cool and a neat little, I don't know, tidbit. I don't know if we call it a tidbit, but it's cool anyways. So, so yeah, I, I, I guess in, in thinking about the movie as a whole, the, the way by which Groningen uses the, the music, one of the other things that he said in the interview too, was this idea that like, um, the linearity is a word for the record. I looked it up, uh, but uh, <laughs> the 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 way by which like music kind of sets each kind of scene, kind of not like a music MTV music video, but kind of like using music to like tell part of the story, and it's just really cool. I thought so. Anywho, um, great. So let's talk about some of the the themes here, and at least for I think the first thing, kind of a foundational um, thing that that Gronigan as the director um brings out in a lot of ways throughout and i know that as well we talk about we'll talk about a couple other big themes that that give reason or factors that contribute to nick's addiction to his his drug addiction in the movie and um one of the things though that that the director was pretty clear about refraining from was giving a sort of like um one-to-one -one kind of relational cause to like cause and effect to Nick's addiction. Essentially, um, Nick seems to grow up in a pretty like 
pretty stable home with a with a father and a stepmother and younger siblings, um, but also a relationship with his biological mother. Um, that seems to be pretty solid. Um, you know, you can't. There's not a sort of like. There's no clear reason as to like this happened in Nick's life, so he's using drugs to cope. Now we can talk about factors, and we will through different themes. Um, but there isn't a sort of like parents were bad or there's just this addiction or there's this traumatic event, you know, and, and that leads to two things, I think, very quickly. One, the kind of reality of, of people's lives and that we all often things aren't black and white, but also kind of the, the sort of intricacies of the relationships and the themes that come out there. So I think that's a really interesting thing to kind of hold back a little bit of, of the cause, um, but, you know, dive into the factors, the contributing realities, but withhold a sort of cause in itself uh, so i thought that was that was an interesting uh kind of human human reality human kind of thing yeah it's not at all it's not reductive you know the film is not a morality tale and that's part of why it's so powerful is that you really get caught up in these experiences which is one of the major that's one of the major points of the film right is that it's a father trying to experience everything his son's experiencing and so on a meta level the, the film does that as it brings you into this uh, not, you know, search for understanding, but, um, somehow that doesn't really even get at what's going on. Um, but I think that's a great, that's a great frame, a great fundamental feature of how the film is structured and how that points to, you know, as you're saying, the really delicate and rich way that it treats that this, this major question about what causes addiction and how does one get out of it? Yeah, it, it there's. One of the things, and, and with this sort of like no clear reason as to like the cause of Nick's addiction or 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 whatever it might be, um, I think the the film does through the acting and then through the directing and the screen the screenplay and all of that um, really does a good job in in bringing forth a level of humanity into the conversation mm -hmm. um, rather than just using like characters to like the addiction in some ways now you might you might correct me on this but in some ways the addiction doesn't almost matter um in the sense that like it's the it's not the addiction that is 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 the is the focus of the movie um but it's the people that are the focus of the movie and you know obviously the the, the drug addiction plays a huge role in those relationships and those kind of things but uh, it's it's really about diving into these David and Nick's lives rather than a sort of like exploration of of addiction. In yeah, itself. that's right. And I think that's how it keeps the the light quality, you know, that that you were referring to in terms of its cinematography and the overall feeling. You know, it doesn't. It, it's a film about a heavy subject, but the film itself does not feel heavy. Uh, in that way, it's kind of like a, a Terrence Malick film where. There, there, there are just kinds of uh, idyllic glimpses into things. I'm thinking of um, uh, of a hidden life, right, where you you just see this, you know, idyllic family life, this glimpse of this this beautiful family life experienced in uh, the the countryside in this rural village. You you get glimpses of that uh, in in this film of a kind mm. of uh, yeah. uh, of moments of idyllic life that are that are interrupted then by the violence of of this crisis of of addiction. Yeah, I think that's right. That's a good way to describe it. So, all right. Well, with that, we're going to take a break. Um, and when we come back, we're going to talk about a handful of these uh, themes more specifically that come out in the movie um, and, and how uh, through the film they're, they're kind of brought to life. So uh, stay tuned and we'll, we'll be right back. 
You are listening to Godsplaining. Visit us at godsplaining.org to listen to our episodes, shop our store, and donate to our podcast. All gifts go to improving the podcast and bringing the gospel to more listeners. Thanks for your support. Welcome back to Godsplaining. This is Father Jacob Bertrand, and I'm here with Father Patrick on a new endeavor. It's so exciting. We're doing an episode. <laughs> Maybe not Father Patrick rolled his eyes, so he's not as excited as I'm sure all of our listeners are. Uh, we're doing the two of us, at least, for the talking about a film, which we haven't done before. We've talked about books and all a host of other insane things that people care or don't care about. But today we're talking about <laughs> the movie uh, called Beautiful Boy, uh, which stars stars Steve Carell and Timothy Chalamet. And as we were talking about at the top of the episode, depicts or, or depicts using the memoirs from these two real persons, David and Nick Sheff, uh, the, the addiction, um, drug addiction of Nick and the way by which that affects the the um the relationship between their them as men but also the relationship the father-son relationship so father patrick um what is i guess something like uh, one of the themes that kind of stood out for you in 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 watching the movie yeah i think one of the one of the most important questions to to ask right is about nick's identity um so we get a little clue from this um in, in the in the brilliant rather brilliant use of one particular prop so nick Nick, like his father, is a writer, and he's writing to explain himself. And at one point, um, when he goes missing, his father goes into his room and is kind of looking through his things. And off of Nick's desk, his father picks up a copy of uh, Fitzgerald's uh, Beautiful and the Damned. And that novel, uh, written in the early 20th century, is essentially about one way to summarize that novel, is that it's about a group of people that can't get over their past. And part of the part of the struggle that Nick has facing his own identity, part of the difficulty that he's facing, is that he can't get over his past mistakes, and he allows himself to be reduced to the sum of his failures, the sum of the times that he's given into his addiction, and he's not able to see the richness of of his own identity um, as a son, as a member of this family. He's not able to see his talents, right? And I, you know, there there are a number of um, a, a number of really profound moments. I think that that point this out, that show this in the film. Yeah, one of them, I think, uh, I know uh, had had sort of, you had sort of mentioned before too was the um, the moment when he was graduating and and smoking wanted to smoke marijuana. Um, Right, that falls here, right? Yeah, with, yeah, yeah, with how yeah. he's trying to like understand himself and that sort of thing. Yep, that's right. Uh, and so he, so he defends his use, uh, his drug use to his dad. Right, he's just saying like, "Well, I need this because it takes off the, it takes the edge off of a stupid everyday reality." And so for him, for Nick, there's a, there's this kind of ex, there's this existential question. It's not kind of an existential question. It's an existential question. He's not able to bear the burden of life as it is. Um, th there's a real, a real kind of suffering or a frustration about uh, cultivating a sense as a writer. You know, his dad, uh, his his father is also a writer and encourages Nick in his writing. Uh, you know, Nick uh, Nick gets into college. He he it takes him a bit to get to go, uh, and then he goes and ha has more issues um, fighting his addiction there. But. Uh, but his but his father says, Nick, you're amazing. Uh, you applied to six colleges. Stop doubting yourself. Uh, but but Nick has Nick has this difficulty embracing his identity with confidence that that he's a writer, that he's good at it, 
uh, and that and that that would be enough to carry him through the day to day. So I think th- I think those three factors, right, a kind of the challenge of the past, uh, this cultivation of his own gifts, the struggle with that, um, and uh, and uh, his pursuit of things in the future. I think I think those are those are all wrapped up in this question about his own his own identity. This kind of he's plagued by this self doubt um, that that comes through. Yeah, and one of the I guess with that one of the things that stands out is that. I guess we were kind of, I was kind of mentioning this before with the, with the idea that there's a, you know, there's not a, a sort of, well, you actually put it better than I, but like, there's not a reductionist kind of reality to the presentation of, of the movie that they're, you know, not just saying X, Y, and Z, and that's it. And everything's black and white. You know, there, there's really a delving into who Nick is and who David is. And it, part of the thing that stands out to me is that, you know, Nick doesn't seem to have like a, a, a storied or a troubled past. You know, part of the yeah, thing you're asking right. is like through point. the movie is like yeah. in some ways, and even David, the father played by played by Carell, is asking, like, what where did it go wrong? You know, what's wrong? Like what's 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 the source of the hurt and of the the desire to avoid? And when he's looking the the scene that Father Patrick described when when uh Carell's character is looking through um his son's journal, um there's you hear the voiceover of of Chalamet or Nick reading what 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 Carell is seeing on the page and part of it says uh, he he's written down that you know he does drugs his addiction is there to 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 fill the void of his life and it, you, but you look at his life and you're sort of like well what void um, you know uh, I, so it's it's not a sort of this isn't a sort of like judgment that oh you have a good life so you shouldn't have problems but just raises the question of like live even in like good even in relatively stable and good cir- circumstances like people are still people and like even you know to think of it in christian terms like the effect of like original sin and brokenness it, it doesn't escape those who have you know seemingly idyllic or relatively idyllic kind of upbringings and those kind of things so uh it's a it's a kind of poignant theme throw of like, gosh, what is going on here? You know? Yeah, that's right. And I, I think that that leads into, you know, this, this really rich theme, um, be, uh, of the, of the father trying to understand what the son is going to going through. Right. So the, yeah. so the film is, you know, it's titled beautiful boy. And you know, if I have to describe it, what is it fundamentally about? It's about a father trying to understand his son's suffering, his son's addiction. Right. So the, so the film opens, with Carell, the father saying, uh, you know, to uh, to a scientist, to uh, to a therapist, to a counselor, you know, trying to say, um, what is he feeling? That's his first question. What is his son Nick feeling? And his second question is, how can I help him? How can I help him? So there's uh, there's a time when Nick is in treatment and he runs away from the treatment center, and uh, Carell, the father, says, "Well, is anyone looking for him?" And he goes out in his car in the rain. You know, it's a really powerful scene where he goes out as the father looking for his son. And so, so the, so the film is caught up because it's a, it's a genuine cycle of addiction. It's not, it's not a, an easy heroic tale. Um, there, there are triumphs, there are failures. And so, so you want each of these times where, uh, where Nick, the son gets lost, you want each of them to be a kind of homecoming, right? Like you, as you're watching it, you want, you want the prodigal son moment to be there. And it comes sometimes actually as a point of fact, um, where, the, where the father welcomes Nick home, you know, he, where he says, um, where, where he's trying to coach him to, to come home. He, wa- he wants to 
support. He wants to support um, his son as much as he can to understand as much as he can what's possible. Um, and there are all kinds of moments that are that are really powerful where the father assures the son, where where David assures Nick that he loves him. Mm-hmm. And in fact, they have this really touching code language um, that that instead of saying "I love you," because he feels like that doesn't that doesn't capture everything that he feels for his son when his son's a little boy and he's sending him on an airplane once. Um, he says, if you took all the words in the world uh, and used them to try and tell you how much I love you, that, that would still come up short. Uh, and so eventually they, they just start exchanging this one word, everything. That, 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 that this father loves his son so much that he gives him everything. And for the Christian, I mean, this is, this is extraordinary, right? Because this, this puts us immediately in, in the world of the father, God the father's understanding of God the son, of the word, this kind of total knowledge, this total sharing, uh, this language of everything, um, which, I, which I think is so profound. But that, that love is really intense, right? And so there's one moment, um, Father Jacob Bertrand, that, that you raised uh, that, that is really touching, um, where that love's come, where that love comes through in a really difficult way, right? Where David has to say, yeah. uh, that that's it. This is all that I can give you. Yeah. And that, yeah. So part of the, in part of the film, he's, he's calling, um, uh, Nick is calling his dad, David to, you know, there, there was an incident and he wants him to go, he wants to go back home. And, and David, as the father has realized that there's like his ability to help his son it's, it's, it's kind of come to an end and in ways he's enabling him. So as, as counseled by the therapist and these kind of things is to not let Nick come home, like to send him back to rehab, back to his sponsor. So um, there's, there's this moment. And I think it's, it's the most kind of difficult moment, at least for me in the film to watch when, when Nick is, is just begging to come home. Um, and, and David says, you know, call your sponsor, go back to rehab, get the help you need. Um, you know, you, you, you can't, you can't come back here. It's not going to help you. Um, and, and even in that, even in that moment, um, the call ends, but the call ends with David Carell's character telling Nick, his son, that he loves him. He says, I love you. And Nick replies back, I love you too. Uh, and it's, it's this, this bond between father and son, despite kind of the, the brokenness of, of all that's going on that, that kind of pierces through. Um, and I think as father Patrick was saying, you know, talking about like the Christian mind or the Christian heart, or just like the Christian who's watching this, you get a real sense of, um, you know, like un, um, what unfettered, I'm trying to think of a better word, but like unfettered love, like unrestrained love, but like, that that just like is unending despite the circumstances um so it's it's a really hard moment to watch in the film but a really beautiful moment in in the same in the same kind of way so stands out a lot to me it's 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 an interesting thing to to watch um yeah this idea of identity comes through too and kind of the um the the quintessential i guess it's quintessential because it's used in the trailer scene from from the diner uh, oh yeah. Do you remember that? Yep. Yeah. It kind of brings out these prodigal kind of things again. So Nick has been missing for some time and, um, his, he, uh, David finally gets him to, to, to agree to meet and they meet at this diner and, uh, David thinks that Nick is going to want to come home. This is before the, the scene from that I, that I was just describing, but Nick, David thinks that Nick's going to come home, but Nick just wants money. Um, and, um, 
and and so as a father, he looks at him and he says, "Who are you, Nick? This is not you." Uh, and right. there's this real sort of like, as Father Patrick was saying, this real desire for um, on on the father's part to know his son, but even on the father's part to have his son know himself, uh, you know, as a member of the family and as a son and as someone who's loved. And, these, you know, so uh, that that scene is really kind of impactful, too, in that way. Yeah, I think um, one of the ways that. Uh, that, that you, you just feel so badly for them, again, as a Christian walk, watching the film, right, is you just see this whole horizon of life that is not accessed. And it's not as if, it's not so simple as if we say, like, well, if, uh, if Nick had just found Jesus, then his life would be great. I mean, Jesus would make his life better, right? But, but mm. uh, we, we don't want to be Pollyannish about uh, what faith could do to him, but, but, but you feel a certain pain. It's like, oh, there's, there's so much more that you could have at your disposal if you would access this religious dimension of your life right like there's no there's no sense of anything spiritual going on and there's just this kind of woundedness because of that right like you want at least i felt that that nick is nick is really a seeker right he talks about needing to just fill this deep hole in him i mean he's looking for ultimate meaning for 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 greater purpose and um you know as a believer at least when when we have our 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 sufferings our struggles uh, we look at christ on the cross and we see our Lord who shares them, right? Um, I often use that line of Paul Claudel, who says, uh, Jesus didn't come to give our suffering meaning or to remove it. He came to fill it with his presence. At least the mm. believer can find the Lord in their suffering. Our suffering is not empty because the Lord is there with us. But but for Nick, you you, you find him in this, in this crisis of emptiness, of alienation, of isolation. And a, another moment that that comes out in a really strong way is a moment where he breaks into the family home, uh, where, he, where it, when he goes to his home, when his parents are not there, his, his father and his stepmother and his uh, stepbrother and stepsister, when, when they're not there. And um, you feel a kind of violence of him trying to take something that could be his, but... Uh, but his father's not there to give it. Uh, and you, you just feel how alienated he is from what could be his, the richness, the fullness of life that could be his. Yeah. So I think one of the, I guess, final things that we'll say just in our, in the remaining time that we have, or at least that I'll say, I, I don't know if Father Patrick can get a last word in too. Um, the, and, and this goes back to something we already talked about in as much as in as much as it's throughout the film, but also it's the way by which I think the film kind of ends is that there isn't it's not reductionist even in its ending. It, there's not a sort of clear kind of like uh, hero hero wins the day reality to the ending even. And um, that, you know, there what's portrayed is is or it's an attempted portrayal of, of humanity and of real life that life isn't easy and you see this throughout the relationship between the two throughout the movie life isn't satisfying often there aren't always answers to family issues identity issues suffering issues you know it's, this is this is part of the life that we enter into part of the fallen world that we enter into um and i think uh that that Groningen, Carell, chalamet the rest of the cast do an excellent job portraying that not in a not in a, a way that's kind of uh forced or or phony but in a way that's sort of eminently kind of relatable even in the extreme setting that that david and nick find themselves so um that's my last thought do you have a last thought on the on the film father patrick i think that's right um i i just want to 
say that, uh, you know, a, a final motif that you see, and this is kind of how the film ends, is over and over again, you see this father hugging his son, right? Mm-hmm. This this embrace, this affection. Um, and you, you, you see that through, through all of the difficulty, all the struggles. And one of the things that, that absolutely makes it possible for Nick to keep going, you know, however complicated and broken it is, um, is that that relationship with his father. And so to, to see the film, you know, close on this, um, this, this one last embrace without giving too much of it away uh, is really powerful because it answers in its own way one, one, of, those, one of those cures for that fundamental alienation, that isolation, which is, uh, which is genuine, uh, deep and fulfilling human relationship. Well, there you have it. Our first go at a movie. Father Patrick, Father Jacob Bertrand, here we are. So if you're looking for a good movie to watch, we recommend it. Uh, Beautiful Boy, Steve Carell. You can cry on a train or, you know, tear up on an airplane. The idea of Father Jacob Bertrand crying on the airplane is sort of funny because that's I didn't cry on the airplane, but no. I went on the train. (laughs) Yeah, it was really amazing. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, well, good. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you think, if you enjoyed it, please, you know, give us a like, subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, share it with somebody who you think might benefit from, from tuning in too. Uh, thank you so much to your for your continued support, especially our Patreon supporters uh, and helping to continue to uh, bring the podcast along and spread the, the I guess, the gospel through our conversations here. Uh, until next time, know of our prayers for you and please pray for us too. God bless. Thanks for listening to God's Planning, a work of the Dominican Friars of the province of St. Joseph. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Leave a review on your podcast app and visit us at godsplaining.org.